Welcome back to episode 26 of the My Supreme Self podcast. My name is Erica, and if you're new here, welcome. This podcast is all about gaining tools to become more self-aware and better understand ourselves, and in turn, how we can better show up for others and the world. I'm so grateful that you're here. I wanted to take a moment today just to thank you for listening. We've discussed 26 different topics every day in the month of January to start off the new year more self-aware. And these are all topics that I really dived into in 2021 that really helped increase my overall self-awareness. And they're all really practical tools that we can all apply to our own lives. And I wish I knew them sooner. So it means a lot to me to share them with you. I hope they've been helpful. I would love to hear your feedback. Uh, please leave a comment, uh, rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to me. Yesterday, we talked all about projecting and how we can be more aware of when we are projecting our own fears and insecurities onto others. And today, we will be talking all about trauma bonding, cognitive dissonance, and inner child healing. Before we dive in, let's check in with ourselves and take a deep breath together. I want to preface today's episode with saying this could be potentially triggering for people that have been in abusive relationships, narcissistic relationships, or if you are potentially going through a breakup. I want to preface this by saying this could make you feel uncomfortable, but I think today's topic is so important again because I wish this is something that I knew about earlier on in my 20s, even my late teens, to better understand and be able to identify if a relationship could be potentially toxic. And that's along the topic of trauma bonding and just overall cognitive dissonance. Highly recommend if you have the ability to enlist a therapist or other mental health resources um, to help cope and really help process trauma bonding, but I wanted to be sure to preface today's episode with that disclaimer. So what is a trauma bond and how can we identify if we ourselves are experiencing a trauma bond? Trauma bonding is a deep emotional attachment that develops in a relationship characterized by abuse that could be emotional, physical, or both. There's a lot of up and downs. There's a cyclical pattern perpetuated by reinforcement or love and affection, but also a devaluation phase. And trauma bonds are really an attachment to somebody that is mistreating you. And it may be really difficult to leave because you have created a attachment to this person. They may also shower you in a lot of love and will walk through the seven steps of a trauma bond. And it frequently shows up in romantic relationships, but it could also be in a dynamic of power imbalances, including you know parent-child, um, work, and different um, personal friendships as well. Here are the seven stages of trauma bonding and some key concepts to be aware of. The first stage is the love bombing phase. So somebody showering you with a ton of love, flattery, and appreciation in order to gain your affection. 
This could show up in the form of being overly eager to see you every single day. You just met this person. They are planning their life with you. They're telling you that you are their soulmate, um, grand gestures. And again, you may not even know this person at all, but they're essentially coming on extremely strong with gifts, physical affection, and really just putting you on a pedestal. And, you know, it, it can feel really overwhelming at first. The second phase is trust and dependency. So they're doing everything to win your trust and make you depend on them heavily for love and validation because they have consistently put you on this pedestal and allowed you to gain their trust. The third stage is criticism. So this is when The person will gradually start criticizing you and blame you for things and become more demanding. So if you have a request or maybe you have a bad day and you come to them with any kind of emotional response, they may criticize you and put it back on you saying you are, you know, maybe too needy, too emotional, and you start to doubt your own self-worth and your own confidence. Which brings us to the fourth stage of gaslighting. So if something goes wrong, that they maybe made a mistake, they tell you that it's your fault. They put it back on you to question your own intelligence. They will make you doubt your own perception and manipulate you into believing that the, to believing their narrative. Stage five is when control is established. You may not know what to believe anymore because you are continuously questioning yourself because the source of all of your happiness and love and validation at the beginning from this person is now suddenly shifting. And this person, because they are showering you with lots of love one day and then maybe pulling back and giving you no validation the next day, you're creating a cycle of up and down emotions and this allows the person to control a circumstance. The sixth stage is when you've essentially lost your sense of self and things are getting worse, not better. When you try to stand up for yourself, it only increases the other person's level of manipulation or gaslighting. And you are simply settling for peace and essentially the bare minimum at this point. You're confused, you're unhappy, and your self-esteem is really low, but you're also unable to leave the situation. The seventh stage is when you are addicted to this cycle. You are in a trauma bond. Your maybe friends and family are worried about you because you have been isolated from people that love you. You're only with this one person. You're dependent upon them for your happiness. If they're not around, you simply don't know how to function. And you also can't leave because this person, again, is the source of a lot of your happiness and validation. And all you can really think about is winning back their approval and their love. This list obviously is not the end-all be-all and it doesn't necessarily mean this is the exact order that a trauma bond will exist in, but these are some of the key concepts to be aware of if you are thinking that you potentially could be in a trauma bond. And it's really about 
power and control when it comes to any form of abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, financial, and you just feel at a complete loss without this person, but you potentially aren't able to leave. So here are a few key signs to look for if you are potentially in a trauma bond. The first is feeling unhappy and you may not even think that this person is right for you, but you still are unable to leave the relationship. You're unable to end things. Second is if you do try to leave, you feel physically and emotionally distressed. It causes you a lot of anxiety because you can't imagine your life without this person. And if you say you want to leave, this your partner may you know, promise to change, but actually make no effort in actually doing so. You also are fixating on all the positive, all the good days, and using that as proof that this person must love you, they must care about your well-being, and you make excuses and defend their behavior when other people potentially express concern. You continue to trust this person and hope they may change, and you also protect them by keeping the abusive or manipulative behavior a secret. This is often when cognitive dissonance comes into play, which is the mental conflict that occurs when beliefs or assumptions are contradicted with new information, such as, you know, at the beginning of a relationship with when everything is essentially on honeymoon phase, this person can do no wrong. They're coming at you with so much love and affection. It's just seems too good to be true. And then all of a sudden, when they start to be inconsistent with their actions, they may put you down or help make you question your own beliefs and your own values. This is when your brain can't really make sense of why the sudden shift. A few reasons why we may find ourselves in trauma bonds is we may romanticize intense relationships and confuse that with passion. And it typically, you know, at the beginning, it feels really exciting and you know, it seems again too good to be true and it feels good and that intensity can be confused for love and the irregular and unpredictable cycles of intense love also mixed with cruelty and pulling back and, you know, caring gestures can be something that our brains will find excitement in. So we hold on to that. The next could be uh, our attachment issues. If somebody is, you know, potentially has an anxious attachment style and they're also with somebody that's avoidant, again, that cyclical nature of love and then pulling away may be a really, you know, easy grounds for somebody developing a trauma bond with somebody. And it could also just be our, you know, our personality of, you know, wanting intense validation we may have low self-worth so if somebody comes into our life and is the source of all of this love and happiness and fulfillment we may finally feel like we've met our soulmate and um it can it can really be uh again grounds for a potential trauma bond and how can we heal from a trauma bond the first is you know, always awareness and recognizing that you potentially could be in a toxic cycle or a abusive relationship, um, you know, enlisting in professional help. Also, you know, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is a great resource as well. There's a lot of 
nonprofit organizations that you can reach out to. Um, Day One New York is an incredible organization that provides a lot of free resources for young people that are confidently, you know, trained and able to help walk you through certain circumstances. And, you know, if you do choose to leave a relationship, going no contact with your ex so you can really focus on yourself completely, regain your self-confidence and self-worth, surround yourself with people that you love. Um, Because, you know, if you are in a trauma bond, you have essentially lost your sense of self. You no longer know who you are. Um, So it's important to regain your own sense of self and your own sense of confidence. Also journaling um, to record your thoughts, your feelings, and really figure out what patterns led to this circumstance. Um, And being really patient with yourself. This is obviously something that is extremely difficult to go through. And if we are able to, you know, use these tools to become more aware and avoid this in the future, um, it can be something that is really uh, empowering once you're able to take a step back and recognize what's been going on. This also could potentially stem from a dynamic that is familiar to you as a child. And I wanted to talk about inner child healing today. Um, as everybody has an inner child, it is the direct you know, representation of who we are in our early years. And being aware of our inner child can help bring back the lighter, carefree, version of yourself and it's really empowering to acknowledge our inner child to begin healing and understand that it is within us is really the first step is to recognizing that we have an inner child and a really empowering way to help heal is to listen to what your inner child has to say so if you were to envision yourself as a little kid really opening that dialogue and you know, really asking them what they maybe didn't get when they were younger. Um, And this sometimes can be challenging if you have unmet needs as an adult. um, You may notice that maybe when you were a younger child, you didn't have the validation and the love that you maybe wanted. So this could bring up feelings of guilt or shame or anxiety or vulnerability Um, maybe anger or feelings of abandonment or rejection. And something that really helps is to write a letter and to open a dialogue with your inner child, you know, asking yourself questions. How do you feel? How can I support you? What do you need? And there are ways that we can make sure that our needs are being met now as adults you know, you can't change the past. You can't take back anything that happened when you were younger. But what we can do is, you know, after listening to our inner child, we can provide those unmet needs now as adults, which can be extremely empowering to really understand what we didn't get as a child. And the sooner we become aware of what we didn't receive as a child, we won't project them onto others. You know, yesterday we talked all about projecting and often, you know, this can be a big reason why we project is that we have unmet needs ourselves, and we haven't taken the time to address them as adults. I know today's episode, again, can be potentially triggering. And if you have listened this far, I want to encourage you if you are in this situation or if you have experienced a trauma bond, you are not alone. 
There are people in this world that want to see you happy and healthy and safe and you deserve a loving and safe relationship. And if you are potentially in a unsafe relationship now, know that there are a ton of free resources for you to be safe and you will love again. You will be in a safe, healthy relationship again. There are so many people that love you and want to make sure that you are happy and fulfilled. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode being released every day in the month of January. Be sure to go to mysupremeself.com for more resources and subscribe to our email newsletter. Tomorrow, we will be talking all about healthy ways to find more freedom in our life, so be sure to tune in. I hope you have the best day, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.